Well, as uh, Erica and Marinda and Etienne, thank you, Etienne, brother, I love you. I'm just going to call you E.T. <laughs> There's no place like home. But before they come up and share, one of the reasons uh, in my heart of why we, we, we asked them to come share, there's some things that are going on in the month of December that they're going to be doing, and we want to make everybody aware of that, and that's important. But every time they come or anybody comes from the mission field or, or anything, there's an impartation concerning missions. And, and our hearts and our desire is that all of us become more missional and that we're more focused on others than we are ourselves. Can I have an amen on that? Several years ago, Tom and Gloria Riddle took a missions trip to China. You guys remember that? Now, they live in Arizona now, and they don't live here. But when they came back, they shared the, 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 their story about how they went to China to this orphanage. And I remember Rachel and Jeremy Platts. Something happened when they shared that testimony. And they have adopted Amara because of the testimony and what took place in that mission trip. Do you guys remember that? Not too long ago, Andrea Wisman was up here sharing about uh, the, the marathon that she was going to be running to raise money for a ministry in Africa. And they were building schools in, in Africa because the, they could not afford to, to educate the children in Africa. And on that Sunday, Brie Coon, something awakened inside of her that she knew, because she's always known that she was going to go to Africa. But that Sunday, when that, about that missions was shared, something was awakened in Bricoon. And she withdrew from college, and she is preparing her heart now to go teach English at one of those schools in Africa. And she's going to sow a year of her life as a 20-year-old to the African children. Because they shared a testimony of a mission. We've went to Honduras. Barb goes to Thailand. Missions are in the heart of Jesus. And so when we bring missionaries in, we do that for a reason. Because I believe there's going to be something awakened in our hearts. Someone, a light bulb will come on. Something takes place. There's a deposit made in our hearts. And so I'm believing that as Erica, Marinda, and E.T. share today, I believe we're going to become more missional. Somebody, there's going to be a connection. There's going to be something take place in the spirit in our hearts. Amen? And so I, I say those things to, to get us to release faith. Because, you know, 10 years ago, Chuck and, and Tom went to Russia with them. And, that was, and, 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 and they went there for two weeks, and they experienced the ministry in Russia and the fruit that is going on in Russia. We've been praying, our children in children's ministry, every week have been praying for the Kalamook people, a new people group that they're starting to now reach. And so I just pray, Father, can you engage with me and let's just pray for them and let's just ask God to touch our hearts, amen, and make us, can you, we just ask the Lord to make us more missional, amen. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for our friends who are missionaries to Russia, I thank you, God, for them. I thank you, God, that they bring an impartation. They, they challenge my heart every time they're here. But I ask God, would you turn on the light bulbs in our hearts? Holy Spirit, come. 
Anoint them to just be themselves and to share the river of life that flows from them. There is a river that flows from each one of them, and I thank you for all three of them. And Father, we release our faith to receive from them that God today, we're going to have an impartation today that takes place in our hearts. Open our eyes. Let us see what you want each of us to see individually. And may you bless them in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Go for it, guys. We will release Flip 180 and the youth. And I am going to turn the service over to Erica and Marinda, or whoever's going first. Do you know which going first? Everybody, welcome Erica. We love you, Erica. God bless you. Amen.
morning, everyone. It's great to it's great to see you all. It's wonderful to be back in the States and to just see everyone that we came to love so much uh, over the past few years. Uh, Marin and I have been coming to Russia for like uh, to America for 11 years on and off just to come and share what God is doing among the nations and specifically what God is doing in Russia. And uh, about two, two years ago, God really stirred our hearts for the unreached people groups in Russia. Um, there are more than 80 unreached people groups, ethnic groups in Russia, not one Christian or not even a percentage, 0.01% Christians in that specific ethnic group. And one of these ethnic groups was the Kalmuk people that God really broke our hearts for, a big Buddhist group, and you've seen the, the clip now, Marinda made it, and uh, we, we had the privilege of going there twice now, share the gospel, teach um, the very, very small church that's there, mostly consisting out of the Russian people that live in Kalmykia. Um, but there are a few Kalmyk people who have come to know the Lord in amazing ways. It's just amazing how faithful God is and how he reveals himself when we as the church, and I'm, I'm not saying you, I mean in general, are actually sitting and sleeping. God does his work and we are trusting that we can become part of God's great plan that we can be part of what God is doing among the nations. I just want to share what happened just before we went there the first time uh, to Kalmykia. We took a group of five Russians of our team from Samara with us, and we wanted to show them how to reach out to an unreached people group, um, help them to become like connected with a group, uh, see what's happening. But just before we went, we fasted and prayed for a few days and, and really sought seat, so, so, I don't know which one is right, God's face and really to hear from him what is on his heart for this nation. Now we knew nothing about Kalmykia, we didn't know how it looked, we've never been there before, um, but the scripture God gave us, which afterwards made a lot of sense to us, um, was in Psalm 68, and I would like to read it to you. Um, Psalm 68, I'm going to just read two, three verses, it says, but the rebellious people dwell in a dry land. O oh God, when you went out before your people, when you marched through the wilderness, the earth shook. The heavens also dropped rain at the presence of God. Sinai itself was moved at the presence of God, the God of Israel. You, O oh God, send a plentiful rain whereby you confirmed your inheritance when it was weary. Of course, when we read this, we, we didn't know much about the place. But as we kept on praying, we really felt the Lord said that he will send rain in three and a half days when we're there. When we arrive three and a half days later, he will send rain confirming his inheritance. Now, we all know Psalm, Psalm 2 says, ask of me the nations and I will give it to you as an inheritance. And so that was in the back of our minds. This is an unreached, least reached people group. Um, almost nobody ever, ever heard of Jesus. I mean, just the name of Jesus, they've never even heard of. They serve these demons, these, these um, big statues, Buddhism mixed with shamanism. It's terrible darkness. Just standing there, you can experience the darkness and the fear in people's hearts. But as we, I mean, God said three and a half days, that we didn't mention very loud. Our faith was not that strong. <laughs> but anyway, as we were driving through, to Kalmykia, you have to take a train ride about 20 hours from Samara on the train. And then there's no trains or any railway station or anything going into Kalmykia because it's the poorest region in Russia. 
So we had to take a small little bus for another five, six hours on our way to Kalmykia. And as we drove there, it's a dry land. It's dry. I mean, there's no water, no river, no lake, nothing. It's just this flat, flat, if you think Indiana's flat, go to Kalmykia. <laughs> it's just like uh, this flat place, um, no little bump, nothing, and dry. And uh, <coughs> as we went through, I thought, okay, <coughs> rain. <laughs> uh, um, of course, we took it very spiritual when God said it, just to make sure, of course. I mean, but as we were going through it, we were really starting to pray. And in the first few days, we just, God, <laughs> this place actually needs, needs physical rain. I mean, really. And um, we were praying. We were going through the city. You saw the temple. It was just terrible praying for the plate. And exactly three and a half. Oh, just before that, we asked the pastor. He's a Russian man. Um, does it ever rain this time of the year? <laughs> you know, just wanting to make sure. Just, just, he says, oh, no, never. Like, thank you for that. Um, great. And uh, again, you know, he said it never rains, especially not this time of the year. And uh, usually the best time is when it snows and the snow starts to melt, then that's about the rain. They, they drive water, drinking water from a city that's about six hours away. Just bringing water in for people. I mean, they have tap water a little, uh, but it's like uh, a salty and a, like what's brown? I don't know. Like a salty, sulfury water, very, very bad water, so you can't drink it. Anyway, we, as a team, eight of us, thought, okay, God, well, <laughs> this is what you said. Exactly three and a half days later, exactly, it was the Sunday afternoon, suddenly the sky came, became dark. And it started to rain. And it was pouring down at rain. And we felt in our hearts, God was saying, through his rain, he's confirming Kalmykia as his inheritance. This is a nation that his heart is turned towards. He wants this Buddhist nation that's so um, bounded by darkness to worship him. To come to know the truth that will set them free. To have the light of God within their hearts. And we are so excited to be part of this new work that God is doing in a, in a nation that so desperately needs Him. And you know what is wonderful? is You are part of that. You sit here today. You've been praying for Kalmykia for a while. Um, Pastor Eric and, and uh, Mike was with there when, we, when the Rene churches decided to adopt this group to start to pray for them. Um, you give money towards the Russian team, and we took some of that money to go to Kalmykia. So this is part of your inheritance. It's part of a reward and, and the fruit of what you are doing among the nations. And this is a nation that will worship God. Yeah. This is a nation that will be set free by the Lord. And, and we just sense such an amazing thing that God is doing in Kalmykia. We want to thank you for being part of that. We want to thank you for for keeping on, to, keeping on praying for this nation who really needs your prayers. We are um, starting an, uh, a few outreaches to Kalmykia. We call it the Love Kalmykia Outreaches. There's also groups from here, um, Anderson, and that's 
trying to, that's praying. The school is going on an outreach in May. Etienne will share about the school now. On, in May, some of the students will go to Kalmykia to reach out to these groups, to go and evangelize, paint orphanages, help the people on the street. Um, whatever God puts in your heart. If you want to be part of that, if you feel you want to also like, get a few people to come to Kalmykia, to do, we want to invite you. We want to invite this church to really become part, not just by praying, not just by giving, but actually by coming to Kalmykia to see what God's doing, to experience his heart for that nation, and to give your life to something that will have eternal value. Not just something here, but something that is truly a value for eternity. So we want to thank you. We really appreciate it. And we ask that God would bless you and um, use you mightily among the nations. Etienne will share about the school and then Marinda will share the message. Thank you so much, Eric. Appreciate that. Okay, so everyone who hasn't heard yet, my name is Etienne, <laughs> but I'll be fine with Eti or Eti or whatever is easier for you. <laughs> That's good. But um, yes, uh, I was just asked to share a little bit about the school, uh, New Life School of Ministry that we have in Anderson. Uh, we really feel that God is doing something special in this region um, concerning the nations, and He's stirring a passion for the nations in the hearts of the people here. And it's just such a privilege for us that we get to be part of that in ministering in the school and um, being part of the students' lives as they get excited about the nations um, and about missions and about stepping out. Uh, the school is all about missions and all about discipling the students for, um, for taking the gospel to the nations and to the unreached people groups. Um, but as you guys know, even... Oh, I don't know if you do know, but even here in the States, there are more than 100, more than 100 unreached people groups, people groups where there's no church for those people to go to um, of their e ethnicity. So um, even here in the States, there's a big work to do. So we're getting the students excited about these unreached people groups and about taking the gospel um, to these people. Um, also, what we're going to do in the school later the year, um, in the school year, is go on an outreach to Kalmykia, which you just saw. So that is really excite exciting, and the students are getting excited about it. And it's just amazing to watch these students be excited about going and, and getting this project. And God is just challenging and changing these students' hearts towards the nations. And um, more, they're just getting more and more excited about missions. And many of them are actually thinking about missions as a long-term um, what can I say, career, it's not really a career, calling, yes, calling, calling. and going as, as missionaries, serving in the field, and changing people's lives. Um, so we just wanted to share with you about the school and what God is doing there, and that even, 
like in my life, I thought I was going to university and go into some secular job, and God just changed that all around, and I ended up going to Bible school. So maybe if you feel called to missions or um, if you feel called to ministry, maybe New Life School of Ministry is a place for you where God can really pour into your life as well. And it's never too late to start. So we like, we like the young people to come. But even if you're not so young, you're welcome as well. And <laughs> we enjoy having everyone there. So, um, yes, that was just New Life School of Ministry. Now Marinda is going to share with you a little bit more about missions and about the nations. It's really wonderful for us to be with you. Thank you, Pastor Eric, for this opportunity just to share with you guys. Um, we are really excited, as you can hear, about missions and about God's heart for the nations. That's what really gets us very excited because we know how much Jesus loved the nations and how much he desires for people from every nation and people group to come and worship him. I want to start by reading you one scripture from Psalms and... Uh, Maybe you've heard the scripture before, but I want you to just encourage you to listen carefully what it says. It says uh, Psalm 67, verse 1 and 2. God, I didn't bring my glasses, I'm sorry. God, be merciful to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us, that your way may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. God, bless us so that... All nations can know his salvation. Isn't that amazing? And we want to just share with you a little bit. I want to show you just a few things about the nations. If we say God wants all nations to know him well, you know, what's going on in the nations? Just two examples. In India, with a population of 1.2 billion people, 33 million Hindu gods that they serve. So many different gods that they have. But there are more than 2,000 least rich people groups or unreached people groups in India. Different ethnic groups with their own language, their own culture, where there's no viable church. No church that can, can reach out to them, preach Jesus to them. Many of them, thousands of people, millions of people who have not heard the message of Jesus yet. Over six million of them live in great poverty. 23,000 dying every day without having heard the name of Jesus. And Jesus so desires for these people to come and worship him, to know him, to, to, to glorify him, to, to enjoy him. And, and yet 23,000 are dying every day without that privilege. You see, the, the task of missions is not done yet. We have a great, great role to play in these end times. If we just look at Islam... If we look at the Muslim world, um, Muslims represent plus minus 70% of the world's unevangelized people. Muslims are everywhere. 21 of the 25 cities in the world where Christians are persecuted the most are Islamic cities. Over 50 countries in the world have a majority Muslim population. And I can say lots about Muslims. But you know, the most important thing I want to tell you about Muslims is Jesus loves them. He wants them to come and worship him. He desires to reveal the truth to them. And so, so, so church, the task of missions is, so, is still so great in front of us. And we have a role to play. We need to do something about it. Because Jesus is waiting and he's waiting for his church to help him to bring these people to the truth. 
we may ask whose responsibility is it to reach these people groups, to reach the Muslims and the Hindus and the Buddhists that we, that we speak about this morning. Well, I think all of us will agree, and I, I'm sure if I ask every one of you, you will agree with me, it's the responsibility of us, the church. Yes? It's our responsibility. But now, if, you, if, if we ask the church in general whose responsibility is it, most people respond, yes, it's the church's responsibility. We agree. We all agree. But if you ask, start to speak to individual Christians and believers, and you ask them, so do you have a call for missions, you know, a call to missions? Many people would say, no, you know, I'm not called to missions. I'm called more, you know, to work in the local church, to work with believers, and to disciple, you know, the, maybe the people just, yeah, in my little group. And I'm not really called to missions. Have you heard some people say that? Yes. Yeah, we're not, you know, my, I'm not called to missions because we think sometimes that missions are just for missionaries. It's for missionaries who go there to Russia or to China or to India and do the work of the missionary. So maybe if I, if, if I can say this morning, very often a missionary is defined like this. A person called to serve outside of the church to preach the gospel to people in far-off countries. So often that's how we think of a missionary. And, but really this morning I want to highlight three things in there that I really believe are misconceptions in the church about a missionary. And so let's just look at them. I want to highlight them because I want to encourage you about, about how God sees you and, and, and your role in missions. So the first thing I see in this, it says um, a, a missionary is a person called to serve outside of the church, outside of the church, to preach the gospel to people, and then in far-off countries. So the first one there, outside of the church. Um, so very often people would say, well, my calling is the church. You know, I'm called to the church, to minister the church, to make disciples. And we use Revelations 19 verse 7 that says, Let us rejoice and be glad. Let us praise His greatness. For the time has come for the wedding of the Lamb, and His bride has prepared herself for it. There's even a beautiful song about that. The bride is making herself ready. And yes, as the bride, we are supposed to make ourselves ready. But I want to just bring a, a little bit of a different perspective on the scripture this morning. As the bride of Christ, yes, we have the responsibility to make disciples in our local community, to, to see our home groups grow, to see people grow in their relationship with Jesus. But, um, and, and so we need to help the bride to get ready. But I want to tell you that's not the only way to get the bride ready. It's not just to disciple people in my own church. If I'm only doing that, I'm very selfish. Because I keep it just for me and my own people. You see, um, missions is, we, we think of missions often as outside of the church. But actually, the truth is, if you look at that picture this morning, you see that beautiful wedding dress with those black spots there? And we think, yes, discipleship is getting ourselves clean and ready for the coming of Jesus. Well, actually, I want you to think this morning of those black spots as people groups who are not reached with the gospel yet. So they are not represented as the bride of Christ. They're not part of the bride yet. They're not worshiping Jesus yet. So the bride is not ready because there's not yet people from every tribe and tongue and nation that's part of the bride worshiping Jesus. So if we want to get the bride ready, we should also not just disciple people in our local church, but we should also be thinking, how can I reach those people that should be bride in the nations that are not yet part of the bride? 
What can I do to reach them? How can I disciple them? We need to get the bride ready because um, there are still more than 6,000 least rich people groups without a viable church. The statistic says in Joshua Project, they say more than 2,000 of them are still unengaged, which means there's nobody, not one Christian or even one missionary that's trying to reach out to them. Unengaged. The truth is, if you are called to the church, you are called to missions. That's the truth. If we call to the church, to ministry in the church, we are called to missions. Another misconception is a second one is we often say, or hear people say, well, the task is undefinable or indefinable. If we say uh, a missionary is someone who, you know, reach out to people, we might say, you know, so we are all missionaries. Yes, that's right. We must reach out to people. But who are these people? Um, When do we know? How do we know when people, when everyone um, will be reached? When will the gospel have been preached to all people, to every person? Um, You know, the Bible says... um, there are people who will follow, follow the narrow way and people who follow the, the broad way. So it seems like not everybody will be saved. So how do I know when I've preached to enough people? How do I know that I've preached to everyone who would actually have responded and become part of the bride and, okay, now I don't need to do it anymore because everybody's in. That needs to be in. How do I know that? Well, it's, it's indefinable. It's impossible to know. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's true. We cannot really define that. But I see in Matthew 28 verse 19 that actually Matthew says the task of the mission of the church is very definable. It's very definable. If we look at uh, the, it says in Matthew 28 verse 19, go and make disciples of all nations. The word used there for nations is actually the Greek word ethne, which means all, every ethnic group. Every ethnic group, which means all ethnic groups. Now, there's a very specific number of ethnic groups. There's about just over 16,000 ethnic groups in the world. So if I need, so that's very definable if I need to reach every one of them. I can, we can, the church can reach 16,000 ethnic groups. So the task, we have a finishable task. Yes, we will, we don't know when we will have preached to every person, but we can know when we have preached to every ethnic group. To have a church in every ethnic group. Yes, preach to all the lost, but we must make sure we reach every ethnic group. That's the task of the Great Commission. It's very definable. We can finish a church. We, we, we don't, we, you know, the church for so very often sit back and say, you know, yes, you know, but people are doing it, you know, and, and we don't know, you know, we, we, we leave it so in general terms while it's very specific. It's a task that we have and we need to focus on it and it's, it's the task of the church, it's missions. Matthew 24 verse 14 says, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be proclaimed in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. When will the end come? When will Jesus return? When the gospel has been preached to every ethnic group. Very specific, definite task that we have, that we need to be involved in. The last misconception that I want to highlight is, is we often, people often say, or they have this understanding, that missions is only global. It's only for those missionaries that go to Russia or to China or to, you know, it's not really for me. Um, missionaries is to far off countries. 
somewhere that's far away, and I cannot go far away, so that's why people revert back to the first misconception of, well, maybe my ministry is just in the local church. Because I cannot go far off. Well, it's a misconception to think missions is only far off. Um, Acts 1 verse 8 says, you will be my witnesses to me. You will be witnesses to me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. But it says both in Jerusalem. In, missions is also locally. If, if missions is reaching people, not only lost people, but people of other cultures, ethnic groups, we can do it right here in central Indiana. I want to just show you that through migration, God has brought many ethnic groups right into our region. Thousands of them. Um, I want to show you specific the statistics that I got from the census, the, the Indiana census that they ju- did just recently. In Henry County, uh, the red one is, is where we live in Anderson, in Madison County. But the, the red little dot there next to it is Henry County, where this church is. The Asian, there's 42 Asian Indians living in this county. Chinese, 31. Koreans, 13. Japanese, 15. Vietnamese, 18. Filipinos, 18. A total of 156 Asians that live in this county. Now, we might look at it and say, that's, that's little, but Lord, okay, we, you know, we can reach out to them. Well, let me show you. Just in uh, the county there, on, in Hamilton County, there are 4,541 Asian Indians. Chinese, more than 3,000, almost 4,000 Chinese. Korean, more than 1,000. Japanese, Vietnamese, almost 1,000. Filipinos, more than 13,000 Asians living in Hamilton County. You see, the nations have come to us. They're right here. Can we reach Chinese people and send them back to China to preach the gospel to unreached people groups? Yes. Let me show you another one. Marion County, that's of course where Indianapolis is. This is right here, close to us. Look there, Asians, more than 4,000, Chinese, almost 4,000, Koreans, Japanese, Vietnamese, Filipinos, more than 18,000 Asians living right here in central Indiana. You see, God has brought the nations to the church in the West. If we can reach, you know, Vietnam is a country that is close to the gospel. Did you know that? To go into Vietnam as a missionary is very hard. You cannot go in as a missionary. You have to go in as an English teacher or as something else. It's hard to reach people in Vietnam with the gospel. But we have Vietnamese, a few thousand, living right here in central Indiana. If we can reach them with the gospel, they can go back to to Vietnam and preach the gospel to unreached people groups in Vietnam. Can you see how small the world has become? You see, missions is not just globally. We cannot say that's just for missionaries who go far away overseas. If you have a calling to the church, you have a calling to missions right here in central Indiana. We need to reach the lost. We need to reach unreached people groups. Psalm 67 verse 1 to 7. I want us to read it again. It's up there. It says, God, be merciful to us. And bless us. Bless us, Lord. Look on us with kindness. So that, for what purpose? So that, here comes the purpose. So that the whole world may know your will. So that all nations may know your salvation. God bless us so that all people will know you. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. So that people will praise you. May the nations be glad and joy and sing for joy because you judge the people with justice and guide every nation on earth. You guide them so that they can enjoy you. 
Isn't that amazing? God says, I will guide every nation on earth so that they can come to enjoy me. May the people praise you, O God. May all the people praise you. The land has produced its harvest. God, our God, has blessed us. God has blessed us. May all people everywhere honor and fear him. You see, God bless us, I believe, for those three, four purposes. That the nations will know him. That they will praise him. That they can be glad in him and enjoy him. That they can honor and fear him. That's the reason God bless us as the church. Yes. And we can, right here in central Indiana, be a blessing to the nations. We can help people to come to know him and fear him and enjoy him right here. And that can impact the nations out there. Maybe some of you will go far. Maybe some of you will just here in Indiana impact nations with the power and the glory of Jesus. Church, can we do that? In Anderson, we have spoken about this, and we have decided, God, we want to reach the nations right here in Indiana. So next week, we are starting an outreach to the Chinese. We have made contact with two Buddhist Chinese girls who are unbelievers. They're Buddhists, and we are going to have coffee with them next week. We're going to get cake, and as a school, the students are going to just have a cultural connect with these Chinese girls. And we believe from that, God will give us opportunity into the Chinese community to start reaching out to them and, and be the light and the love of Jesus to the Chinese in central Indiana. And who knows, maybe some of them will go back to China and preach the gospel of Jesus there. You see, church, we can do much more than what we think. We can impact much greater than what we realize. We have a job to do. It's not finished. And we want to encourage you this morning to say again, Jesus, I want to be part of this. Missions is not just for certain people who are specially called to be missionaries. Missions is my task. It's my task as a member of your, of your body, of your church. You have a role for me. And maybe you say this morning, Lord, I'm not sure what my role is. I'm not sure exactly how you want me to be part of missions. Well, we're going to have, uh, I just want to show you this. We are going to have upcoming Kairos courses. The things I've shared with you this morning is very much part of um, little aspects that I've touched on of the Kairos course that we teach all over Russia um, in South Africa, we did it in India to mobilize churches for missions. Um, the Kairos, we've really just seen God use this to help people understand what is my role? What can I do as part of the body of Christ right here in my region to be part of God's heart for the nations? And so Kairos is a wonderful tool. We're going to have two courses, one from the 17th to the 20th of December um, at New Life School of Missions and Ministry in Anderson from 8 in the morning until 1 in the afternoon. So those are for the, that is for people who are not working in the mornings. You are most welcome to come and join the students at NLSOM for this. But then we will also have from the 10th to the 15th an evening course. It's from the Monday evening to the Friday evening, every evening from 6.30 to 9.30. And then uh, the Saturday from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. And uh, that will be most probably in Knightstown, which is very close to you. So we, if there are anybody of you who are interested in this, please join us. Contact us, contact Pastor Eric or Pastor Johnny at New Life and, uh, and come and join us for this course. We have seen it really help people to come to know God's heart for the nations. I want to tell you just a short testimony. Uh, when we went to India recently, we presented the Kairos course there and um, 
it was just amazing for us to see these people in this church in a, in a small, small city right in the mountains of, of India and in southern India in Uti is the name of the city. And there's this small church, a group of believers that's saying, you know, we want to be part of what God wants to do in our nation in India. And so there was this young man, his name is Matthew, he's about 24 years old, and Matthew did the Kairos course. And as he was doing the course, you know, through the week, he, would, uh, he was in my little small group. We have group discussions. It's a very interactive course. And so we often have groups, you know, discussing what we, what we experience and what we feel God say to us. And every time, you know, we would be in the small group, Matthew would say, you know, I must make a big decision. Please pray for me. But he didn't say what the decision was. And so, you know, we would just say, okay, and we pray for him because it didn't seem he really wanted to talk about it. And, and then we would get together again and he would say, oh, you know, I'm, I must make such a big decision. Please pray for me. And we're starting to think, what on earth is this big decision that Matthew must make? And so we're waiting, but he doesn't speak. He didn't let up until the right at the end. We, um, we uh, uh, have given the certificates or just before we gave the certificates, Matthew got up. He said, I just want to say something. We thought, oh, we're going to hear what is this about. Matthew said, you know, you know, God has really, he said, I had such a desire. I have all my plans in place to go to England to further my studies, to make a better life for myself, to get out of India and the poverty and the, you know, just, just this terrible place to get out of it, to go to England, make a better life for myself. That's what I wanted to do. He said, and I have my plans in place. He said, but God has challenged my heart this week. He said, how can I leave India? There's so many people who need to hear the gospel. And so Matthew said, I made a decision to stay. He said, God told me to stay. And his father has a small church in Andhra Pradesh, which is a, a, a state just to the north of India, maybe in central India, where there are more than 78 million Hindus from different ethnic groups unreached for the gospel. And he said, God sent me back to my father's church to go and mobilize that church for missions. So about two Sundays, this was like, like a month ago, two months. We were in, in India in August. So about two weeks ago, we get a letter from Matthew. Matthew says, he's finishing his studies soon, and then he will move back to Andhra Pradesh, but he's still in Uti. But he said, two weeks ago, I visited Andhra Pradesh, and I spoke in my father's church about missions. He said, and I challenged the young people that we can make a difference reaching the more than 2,000 unreached people groups in India. We can do it. He said, and I challenged the young people. He said, and I just wanted to let you know that nine young people got up with tears in their eyes committing their lives for the ministry to the unreached people groups. Isn't that amazing? Nine young people giving their lives. And he said, the reason Matthew could do the Kairos course was because one of the pastors, Russian pastors working in Kalmykia, when we were there, God touched his heart and said to him, give money for India. And we took this money from, a, from somebody, a Russian pastor serving in Kalmykia, we just met. He gave this money, we took it to India and used it so that Matthew didn't have to pay to do the Kairos course. Didn't have to pay for it. And so Matthew wrote in his letter, please thank the pastor in Kalmykia that I could do this course because I really believe it's going to change my nation. Isn't that amazing how God works? You see, all of us can make a difference. All of us can play a role. It's not only for certain people with, with, certain people with a special calling. All of us has got a special calling to touch the nations with the heart of Jesus. It's our calling. We need to do something about it. We also, I just want to let you know again that we're also going to have a missions conference. And um, I'll just tell you about the Friday night because you are able to come to the Friday night. 
on the 7th of December. Um, we're going to have a wonderful evening just celebrating God's love for the nations. And we're calling the Friday night, Let the Nations Be Glad. And we're going to have special just events with different ethnic groups, different people doing things in, in the service. Uh, we're getting a speaker from South Africa. Her name is Pastor Jen Andrew. She's a pastor of a missions church in South Africa doing wonderful work for the Lord. She's been in Russia many times, in Israel, in Mozambique, in Africa, served. Um, and so she's coming as the speaker for this conference. And so we just want to invite you, if you want, if you want to come and just experience a little bit of the heart of Jesus for the nations, come and join us. And, uh, f- and God will, will inspire you and speak to you more about your role and what you can do to really impact the nations with his love. So I just want to pray for you this morning. Um, uh, I want to really ask you maybe if you want to just commit yourself again this morning and say, Jesus, I realize this morning it's not just for specific missionaries that are called to go to far off countries, but it's for me. I have a responsibility. Please speak to me. Show me how I can live this responsibility out right here in central Indiana. If you want to say that to the Lord this morning, please stand with me. And you say that yourself to Jesus as we're going to pray. Ask him how he can use your life to impact the nations right here where you are. Father, we come before you this morning and we just want to say we love you. Thank you that you love the nations. Jesus, thank you that you love the nations, that you desire for them to come and enjoy your freedom, your liberty, your love, your passion, your life. Jesus, we know the nations is is on your heart. That when you look at these nations, 23,000 dying every day without knowing you, you cry about them. Jesus, as your church, we want to ask you to give us your heart for the nations. Deposit into us your heart. Let us see the nations with your eyes. Father, we want to commit ourselves to you this morning and say, Jesus, you've called each one of us to touch the nations with your love. And we want to give ourselves to that cause, to your purpose. Lord, show us how you want to use us to touch the nations right here in central Indiana. Father, show us. Lord, your people, as your people, we are desperate for your plan, for your will to be fulfilled through us right here, Lord, to touch the nations. Show each one of us. Speak to us, Lord. We just want to be open to you, to your spirit leading and directing our footsteps. Father, you spoke to us, to this church this morning about the horse that you are steering. Father, I pray that you will steer every heart. Steer this church, Lord, to to really know the next step you have for each one of us to touch the nations. Show us, Jesus. Father, you're just so awesome. We just glory in who you are this morning. Thank you that you speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Chad, if you don't mind backing up the dates on the school, that way it's up there. If anybody wants to write that down to go to that, there's the daytime one and there's also the uh, nighttime one. 
and just let me know if you're interested in either one of those. Um, I will say this, um, I, I went to high school with a Vietnamese that still lives in this city. And the Lord just put it on my heart to, to rekindle that friendship and to uh, reach out to him because I don't know that he knows Jesus. And, uh, um, but uh, how's the Lord wanting you to uh, respond to this? Father, I pray that as you're touching the reins of our hearts and you're nudging us, I thank you, God, that it's missions is all the way around us. And we want to go together as a people and we want to obey you together. And so, Lord, I pray. Would you convict us? Lord, there's some that you want to go to this school of ministry to figure out maybe their role in missions. And I thank you that you're, gonna, you're going to turn the light bulb on today. And some of you, the Lord's saying, yes, that's you. And I pray that you obey the Lord. And God will empower your heart to go for it, just like Bree did several months ago where she is now committing a year of her life to teach the African children because the light bulb came on and she said, yep, that's me. I, I have to do my part. And so, Father, I pray that you would have light bulbs come off in all of our hearts on our part and that we would be empowered and encouraged with joy to do that part in the name of Jesus. Father, you're leading us. You're, you're delivering us from rejection and all kinds of strongholds in our lives so that we can be a bride that's ready, so that we can be used. And I pray, God, as you're cleaning us and you're maturing our love, I thank you that our love is going to mature in such a way as we're going to reach out in more ways as a people in Jesus' name. Now, God, as we leave this place, I pray that you would seal the word that has been placed in us by our wonderful friends. I ask your blessing. I thank you for their passion. I, passion, I thank you for their, their love for you. And I pray for your protection over them. I pray, God, that you would just enlighten their eyes to see and to know what you have for them. I pray for resources. I pray for income. I pray, God, for people. We pray, God, to you, the Lord of the harvest, that you would send laborers with them into the harvest fields they're reaching, and that, God, you would supply every need according to your riches and your glory in Christ Jesus, we pray. And everybody said amen. Please encourage them as you leave today. We love you, bless you, and may you have a blessed day in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.